The following has been recorded at Cairn University. Any reproduction of this recording without the express permission of the university is prohibited. I just want to see if, you, if I have your attention. Um, uh, it's, it's interesting. Have you ever noticed that when you whisper, people get in close and, and try to understand what you're saying? Like, you know, try it sometime. You know, just casually, you can go up to someone and whisper, hi. <laughs> um, you know, but, but typically, when you whisper, people try to lean in close and, and, and listen to what you might have to say because they think it might be important or maybe they think it's some juicy piece of gossip. Right? What if we all lean in close and listened carefully to one another? Because we live in a time right now where hardly anybody listens listens well, listens carefully. We hear a lot of stuff. We hear a lot of voices, a lot of noise. But are we ever really listening to what we're hearing? Are we listening and paying attention to people's dreams and maybe their pains? Are we listening to or listening for what God may be doing in their lives. See, I'm guilty of hearing and not listening very well. See, when we don't listen, when we don't listen well, and there can be problems, serious problems. I remember getting in trouble for not listening to my mom when I was a kid. Uh, I have a very Chinese mom, and you would know, um, because I, I don't know how many moms do this, but I've only experienced this in my own culture. My mom uh, would pull me by my ears to, to literally show me that I'm not listening. Um, and, and she would sit me down so that I would have her full attention. But she made sure that it's my problem is because I'm, I'm not using my ears well. Um, so not listening to our parents can result in consequences other than maybe their wrath and their discipline. Like not putting away uh, something properly, uh, perhaps milk, right, when you take it out of the fridge and not putting it back, um, it could end up spoiling. Um, I, 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 um, I um, do that often. I would take something out and uh, I, I would not put it away and there would be consequences. Um, but, but also, you know, if you don't do what people tell you to, when, when they give you a fair warning about what to expect, um, you could get hurt. Right? I remember telling my own kids, you know, don't, and you probably have heard this from your own families, don't put your fingers in that electrical socket. Or don't put your hand near the flame. You're going to get hurt. Um, and of course, you know, curiosity wins sometimes. L listening can, can yield good results, too. For me, uh, 
because I'm, I'm, I'm mindful of my health these days. I need to listen to my doctors to, to avoid some serious health issues, um, maybe right now or later on in life. I need to listen to my wife in order for our relationship to be harmonious. I need to listen to my congregation in order for me to care for them well, care for them properly. So you get the idea. Today I want to, I want to talk to you about listening. Uh, I want to talk to you about listening to our friends, our, our relatives, our acquaintances, our neighbors, our classmates, colleagues, even people that we might not get along with, our enemies. Uh, and I was thinking about what I can share with you uh, this morning. I, I thought this would be a very down-to-earth and practical message. Uh, we all need uh, to listen. We all need to be heard as well. See, we cannot love people. We cannot love the people that God brings into our lives. We cannot love people who are in the world without listening to them. But listening can be really difficult. It, it is really difficult. We may think we already do it well, but we can all be better listeners. And, and, and we can do this as an expression, an extension of God's blessing to others. So again, this morning I, I want us to look at what means to, to listen well, to listen to one another, to listen to people who are in the world. And we're going to look at the life of Jesus and see how he listened to a man that was blind. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn, into, turn to Luke chapter 18, verse 35 to 43. I'm sure you guys are all very familiar with this passage. And, and the first thing I, I, I want us to reflect on is this, that Hearing is not the same as listening. Hearing's not the same as listening. So, I am, uh, I'm going to give you a moment to look at that passage. I'm going to read it for you throughout um, our time together. But basically, what you have is Jesus making his way through the city of Jericho, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. And he's going there to participate in the Passover feast. Now, there are crowds traveling with him. And there was a blind man who can hear that something unusual was happening. So he inquires of the crowd, and he finds out from them that Jesus is passing his way. So he cries out to Jesus. He's all excited. He's like, wow. He cries out to Jesus. Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. But those in front, out in front in the crowd, and probably leading the crowd, as you see in verse 39, they rebuke him and tell him to shut up. I'm going to read, um, starting verse 35 and go to verse 39. 
so that you can visualize what's happening. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. See, the crowd heard the blind man, but no one except Jesus was listening to him. It's a very awkward situation. There's this blind man who's crying out, Have mercy on me. And and just kind of picture it for a moment. If there's someone, someone who is blind especially, crying out in the midst of all the commotion, you, you, you would think people would have some compassion right? or, or at least um, not be so harsh, <laughs> telling them to shut up. So it's a pretty awkward situation. And when we read this, Something should stir inside of us. Hopefully, in us, at least, compassion should well up. But this crowd, this crowd was annoyed with this man, and they sought to silence him. They heard the blind man, and and, and there were probably many people there um, that had heard him every day and passed him by every day, and they just simply tuned him out. It's like, you know, uh, it was just Thanksgiving. I don't know if you watch the Peanuts specials during the uh, holidays, but if you guys are familiar with the Peanuts, hey, whenever there's a grown-up speaking, it's like, wah, wah, wah. It's just background noise. And, and so that's what people can be like to us. They're not important. They're part of background How many conversations have we been a part of where one person is talking and one person responds repeatedly with, "Uh uh-huh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. (laughs) It's just kind of nodding, acknowledging that they heard something, but there's not really any listening that's happening there. Some in the crowd may have intentionally tuned him out because he was a blind man begging for help, and it makes them feel uncomfortable. And we know what that's like today. My church is in the heart of Center City. Walking around, I, 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 I regularly see people that need help. And they're all sorts of people. And I try to avoid making con- eye contact with them sometimes. There are moments where uh, I, I do that because I'm not sure how to really help them. Uh, or maybe uh, it's because I'm not sure what to do in that particular moment. I'm like, I want to help, but I, there's other things that are going on in my life. There's, there's so much happening right now. I have my excuses, and I avoid that individual. I would just... As I'm walking, there's just so many people. There's so many people that need help. How can I help them all? And especially now with COVID, I just can't think about helping right now. I've got too much going on in my own life. 
And honestly, maybe I, I just don't want to help them because I can't be bothered at the moment. I need to be somewhere else. I need to be here. And for the crowd, Jesus was the man of the moment, not the blind man. They're like, we came here to hear Jesus talk. We're gathering together to, to hear Jesus, not some blind beggar asking for something ridiculous. A lot of it can seem like selective hearing, where you only hear what serves your own interests. You're conveniently deaf to what you don't like, or what you can't use. That's what a lot of our conversations can be like. You know, I experience this at home all the time with my two boys. I stand at the bottom of my stairs. I have a multi-level house, and sometimes they're in their rooms or at the top floor, and I'm standing at the bottom of my stairs yelling for my kids to, to help me with something. Um, and I get crickets. It's like no response, just silence. Like, kids, did you hear me? Did you hear me? And, and sometimes if they're feeling particularly generous, uh, they, they'll respond. <laughs> they'll say, Dad, um, did you say something? Um, or, 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 you know, there are times when I'm just blown away because I'm having a conversation, a quiet conversation with my wife on the first floor, and, um, and, and we're just going over maybe plans for now. I'm like, um, let's just order pizza and watch a movie. And I'm saying it really casual, very quietly. And suddenly my kids will come running down the stairs. What? <laughs> are, we, are we having pizza? I'm like, how'd you hear that? <laughs> right? Selective hearing. See, there's a difference between hearing and listening. The crowds heard the blind man, but they were not listening to the blind man. And we can be like the crowd, hearing but not listening, or only when, at the right time, when it's convenient for us, when we, maybe we have our act together, when we think we know what we can do. Amidst all the noise of the crowds, Jesus heard this man, and, and he begins to show us what listening looks like. And so here's my second point. Listening requires us to stop what we're doing. It requires us to push pause on our agendas in order to really engage with people who are made in God's image. So let's look at verse 40. Jesus stopped. Right? Luke writes, and Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him. And I'll stop there. See, remember, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. It's a pretty big deal. And he's got some place to be. He's at, actually getting ready to go to the cross. That was his mission. And Luke records for us that Jesus heard this blind man and he stopped for him. He stopped moving. He stopped what he was doing. In order for us to engage people, 
in order for us to do the things that God calls us to do with people, to love them. We have to just stop what we're doing. We have to push pause on our agendas and what we want and what we're trying to figure out with our own lives. We have to do that in order to engage them. To listen requires that we not only stop what we're doing, but also what we want to do. We may need to push pause on our ever-growing to-do lists. And I know we have huge to-do lists, especially being students. Perhaps we need to carve out time and create margin in our lives to be available to engage people, to, 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 to make space for them and their needs. And the goal is to be fully present with them. I think one of the hardest things to stop in order to listen well is our own desire to speak. There's a saying, the opposite of listening is not speaking, it's waiting to speak. You know what I'm talking about. Right? And we might be having a conversation, and, and, and while we are not speaking, we're only half listening. And in our minds, we're, we're thinking, oh, just shut up already and just let me speak. Right? I know what I want to say. Right? We've already determined in our minds what the other person uh, has to say before they're done finished uh, with what they're saying. And we formulated in our minds what we're going to say to them, how we might solve all their problems, maybe. We're just waiting for them to be done so that we can finally have our say. I do this a lot, especially when I'm in a heated conversation with someone. And that's, that's when we really need to stop to listen, right? In those moments, I find that I can't help myself. Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes this. There is a kind of listening with half an ear that presumes already to know what the other person has to say. It is an important, it's an impatient, inattentive listening that despises the brother or sister and is only waiting for a chance to speak and thus get rid of the other person. There is a time to speak, but not without listening. Hear this wisdom from the book of Proverbs, which says, um, to answer before listening, that is folly and shame. That's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 13. Listening requires us to stop, push pause, in order to engage and, and essentially really become learners. Learn where people are at. And, and, and that's the last thing I want to share with you. See, listening makes us learners rather than experts. Jesus stops, and when the blind man was brought to him, Jesus asked, well, what do you want me to do for you? And look at, look at verse 40, 41 there. 
And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. Now, it would seem pretty obvious that what, that this, man, what this man would want and, and, and what he would need. But Jesus took the time to not only stop for this man, but ask him what he wants. Jesus didn't have to ask him. He's, he's Jesus, right? I'm sure he could see, right? He could see that this man was blind. I mean, he's, he's, it's clear what he needs. Jesus asked this question in order to love him. I think that's what, what was going on. Stopping and asking questions is how listening demonstrates loving people where they're at. And see, what a lot of people want, what, what they need is not as obvious as we may think. We can't just assume what they want and need. We can't just assume that we know what to do for people no matter how familiar they may be to us. We can patronize people when we assume that we know how they want to be helped. Jesus could have healed the blind man easily but he may not have felt loved, only fixed. That's what I think Jesus was doing here. We may meet people's needs and not actually love them. You ever notice that? They're just another person with needs. Even though we're, we're sincerely trying to help, we want to help, we're doing it from a position of superiority, of pride, ego, maybe with very little risk to ourselves. We may be deciding how and when to love. See, we're in power, we're in control. I, I came across the story about um, this man who invented the stethoscope. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's go, you know, you go to doctors and have that thing they put in their ears and they listen to your heart. And he was noted for saying this. He's, he's speaking to doctors. It's doc, people who are learning the art of taking care of people, healing people. He says this. If you use this tool, don't stop listening to your patients. They're telling you, how to heal them. He didn't want doctors to, to just listen to hearts and lungs with this invention of his. He wanted to make sure doctors still listen to their patients. How important is that? See, we need to listen to people to learn how to help them, how to love them. We need to listen to understand what their needs actually are. We need to become learners and not act as experts, not act as if 
we're the ones who can actually um, love them in the way they need to be loved. And this is what makes listening such a humbling act of love. It requires admitting that perhaps we, we can't anticipate what the other person wants to talk about or that maybe their needs are different than we thought. I, I love the community that I serve um, in Chinatown, Philadelphia. And what I do a lot of there is community development work. Um, and, and much of what that means is, is advocating for the needs of those who don't have a voice um, because maybe they have a language barrier or because there's a lack of resources and access to those resources and um, agencies. And, and, and the community that we're situated in, my, where my church is situated in, is a very fragmented community. Uh, and, and often there is a, a failure of those in positions of power and privilege to ask and learn what are the needs and desires of the many ethnic immigrant residents that are in that neighborhood. And, and I, I found that it's not just limited to these, um, these organizations that are trying to help in, in our neighborhood. It, it's true of our church as well. We provide all these programs and services that don't always serve our community well. They may benefit others uh, maybe outside of our community, um, and, and, but, but often we, we don't actually serve the real needs in our community because we thought this is what our, our community needs, and so we'll come up with a program, or we, we provide a simple service. But, but one of the things that we, we, we start doing, and I think we're doing well, um, is that we've taken the time to ask questions. We've taken the time to get into the neighborhood and ask questions about what's going on in their lives and, and what their actual needs are. And, and, and just taking time to sit with people and meeting them where they are instead of presuming, instead of having them come to us. Um, yeah, it's, it's developed a relationship between our church and our neighbors, a, a relationship of trust. Now, it's important to listen. To, to, to learn about our friends, our relatives, our neighbors. We're listening for their choice of words. We're looking for their expressions, and more importantly, um, maybe trying to discover what, what are their desires, their deepest desires? What's on their hearts? Maybe we need to also, we need time for, for, and to, we need to give them space so that they can reveal to us maybe what are their hurts, their wounds. We're listening for what, what they may be excited about and, 
and, and maybe most concerned about? We can ask a simple question like, what matters to you most right now? What challenges are you facing right now? And, and don't be so quick to say, oh, how can I help? Just listen for a while, hear their stories. One of the things I'm learning to do in my own marriage and in my conversations with just about anyone is this simple principle, stay curious. I think that's the um, secret to a good marriage is to stay curious. I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful that she's not exactly the same person she was when I first met her. Um, she's not the same person uh, she, she was when we first got married. And she's changed. She's grown. She's matured. She's, she's grown mind, body, and soul. And I'm not the same person I was back then either. And so what's required is that we need to constantly locate each other. We constantly need to ask questions to know the other person. We can't assume to know where they are just because there's so much familiarity between us, right? Um, yeah, we're, we're not the same people we were 5, 10, 20 years ago. And so we need to stay curious. I need to ask in my own quiet times, what, what makes her tick? You know, what, why, why does she have that reaction? Or what's going on in her life? And try to piece it all together instead of assuming to know all the answers or what to do. I can ask. <laughs> I can ask her directly. And I can ask after after she's been able to share with me, well, how can I help and, and, and serve you in this time? See, the Son of God came to serve and not to be served. The Son of God came to listen to where people, to where his people are in order to serve them. In the garden, after the first humans rebelled against God, they hid, and God came and asked, where are you? In that question, is God graciously seeking the guilty sinners to confront and to comfort them and offer them ultimately reconciliation, offer them restoration? God promises to provide for all that. And so Jesus came to fulfill that moment in the garden in this healing of the blind man, in this listening moment with the blind man. And he does that in our lives today. I love that you guys, when I came in, you guys were singing that song of how you're not alone. Right? You're not. He, he is listening. God is listening to where you're at. He listens to locate us in our hearts with the power to restore. I'm thankful that the scriptures records that he didn't go straight to the cross to meet our deepest need, but he made room for both the physical and the spiritually blind. 
He made visible the invisible. He, he made room for the weakest amongst us. And he, he's there for all of us today in our weakest moments. Now, praise God that he loves us right where we are. I mean, praise God that he gives ear to our cries of mercy and not only just gives ear, but is able to restore us. And maybe that's what some of you need to hear this morning because life has been hard and maybe you feel unseen, unheard, unloved. Maybe you feel invisible. Maybe what what many of us also need to hear this morning is how to live in the everyday, in the, in the right now. That it's not just about you and, and, and God. So you cannot love people, the people that God has brought into your life, the people that are all around us every day without truly listening by stopping what you're doing to engage them and to, to, to learn where people are in this moment. I'm seeing in, in my church and in, in, in ministry all around that there are so many people who are silently suffering. I have, I have to do more counseling than ever before. And just before this, I had, I had, I had done just a, a, a quick devotional with some people and what was a, a quick devotional turned into two hours of just listening to people's pain and their suffering. Um, so, yeah, we, we need to learn to listen and listen well. Take time to listen. Just imagine, um, imagine what a great service to the world that would be right now. So let's pray to God. Pray to him and ask him to help you listen and discover the needs of others and, and where he's at work in their lives. Let's pray. Lord, um, Thank you so much for, for giving ear to our deepest um, struggles. Thank you for giving ear to our loud cries for mercy, for help. Thank you, Lord, that you came to dwell with us, and, and in this season that, that we're in, that we're approaching um, uh, the celebration uh, of your incarnation on Christmas Day, Lord, you, you, you show us that, that truly you are the God who is with us and you give us uh, your ear. You are listening to locate where our hearts are and to draw us close to you, draw us back to you with, with restoration and healing and redemption in mind. Lord, help us be your vessels of 
of, of love um, wherever we are, uh, in our classes, in our families. Um, in the days to come, I, I pray that we would be able to demonstrate um, the kind of love that you show us every day, every moment. Pray this all for the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ in his name. Amen. Thanks, everyone.